to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello and welcome back. Recently, we had an episode with the lovely Lynette White chatting about school social media, episode 52 if you haven't checked it out yet. Well, if you listen to our show, you know this is a topic I love because of the impact social media can have on our school communities and your personal brand. So today I want to introduce you to my friend, Dr. Jill Johnson. Jill is a former assistant principal and is currently the president at Class Intercom. She wrote her dissertation on the integration of student-led social media teams into school culture and curricula, and she's here today to talk about how to empower those within your building to be part of the storytelling. I cannot wait for you to listen in. I'm so excited to have you here. Great to be here, Dr. Henry. I'm super excited because we've known each other for a a few years now, I I want to say, mm-hmm. maybe even more. Yeah. And I consider you my like distant friend that checks in on For me sure. every once in a while. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy to have the time together today. Yeah. Well, and I definitely consider you a friend. And it was so great after a couple of years of uh webinar relationship. It's it was nice to meet you in person uh this yeah. last spring. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's start by just having you share some details about you and giving our audience some background. Sure. Well, I've been in education for over 30 years. I spent over half of that as a classroom teacher. I was a high school English teacher, did a lot of professional development, um, consulting with schools, and then spent the last five years in education as a high school assistant principal, charged with a lot of educational pieces and helping teachers grow and really helping our school district tell our story. And so through that process, I was also working on um, my doctorate. And so I ended up doing my dissertation work on student-led social media and the leadership Mm -hmm. that allows that. And so through that process, I ended up uh, getting a job offer with Class Intercom and uh, being able to lead that charge to really help schools tell their story and help them do that in a safe and effective way. So um, that's kind of led me up to, to today. I also have a, a busy life with uh, four kids and a couple dogs and a bunch of chickens. And so uh, <laughs> I've got, got, got a lot of hobbies too. So that helps keep me balanced. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. We're going to talk a little bit about Class Intercom when we wrap up because our listeners know I've mentioned it a few times as being one of my most favorite things that I've ever used as a principal. But I have to tell you, your dissertation title is so exciting. Mine was on teacher evaluations and yours sound so much <laughs> So much more exciting. I wish I had known about it then. (laughs) Well, it's so hard, right? You know, you're trying. And I actually, I was doing um, some pieces with professional development when I started. And then I just kept getting pulled towards social media because as a school, yeah, as a school administrator, I was dealing with a lot of the negative, right? So I didn't handle all of the discipline, but I was seeing a lot of that with kids getting in trouble with things online and it was filtering back in. And so it just kept drawing me, drawing me that there, there weren't a lot of solutions when I went out looking for them. And so yeah. that, that's what, what pushed me to, to stay in that area. And it's been exciting to it. see the, the positives as well. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. So I want to kind of dissect the term social media a little bit from your perspective. So when when you hear social media, what does that mean to you? How do you define that? Mm -hmm. Wow, you want me to define that? Um, (laughs) You know, I think I think when we consider that we really are social beings, and we start to see students really being, you know, so engaged with technology and those types of things. And then we forget that it's not just consuming information, but it's really about being social. It's a two-way interface. And so uh, when I think about social media, I really want it to be that. I think it's an opportunity to engage with people around the world. Even like we were just mentioning with our friendship, really developed on a small a small group uh, webinar based around a, a tool that we were using and and shared problems and shared uh, sharing solutions. And so... To me, that's social media rather than just a, a place to dump just, just content that doesn't have any meaning or any feedback or engagement. Mm-hmm. So what do we need to know about the state of social media right now from an outreach perspective? Mm-hmm. So we actually just finished up our annual social media and education report, which is always interesting when we get those surveys back and, and see that. As much as we like to think about that balance and those types of things, social media is not going away. It continues to grow. We have our, our you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even LinkedIn and TikTok. Those are continuing to grow and we see others popping up. But social media is not going away. And I think that's the really important factor is that we have to figure out how to embrace it Mm -hmm. as an opportunity to tell stories and to engage in other ways. I think the the pandemic taught us a lot about that. And so um, I really think it's that rather than constantly worrying about the negative side of it or the bad things that can come, we can't ignore those and bury our head in the sand. But the more we embrace, make it part of our education that we're teaching students how to use it correctly, teaching adults how to use it correctly. And again, not just to pump information, but to really tell our stories and let people know what's happening behind those closed doors of a school. Mm -hmm. So you talk about the power of storytelling. So I'd love for you to share, are there any examples of powerful storytelling from your, your archives from the schools that you work with? Mm -hmm. Gosh, there's, there's so many. Um, I think, I think just a couple, like one that comes to mind right away is, um, and I love that we have, we have video so accessible now. So uh, here this last year, we had one of our, one of our schools um, was able to capture, he was a special needs student with Down syndrome who was on the basketball team, but he got into the basket, the end of a basketball game and the kids were all cheering for him. He came in and made three three pointers, like like it was like it was a movie. Yeah, and um, but they were capturing all of it, right? Because we're streaming yeah. so many things now, so they were able to capture that. They were able to cut that down and and really share the story. Have the student, his teammates, uh, the school leadership all chime in. Um, that their post ended up going viral, which is which is cool. You know, we always want to go viral, but they were just telling a true, legit, mm. authentic story. And that's why it touched hearts so much. So that one, I think, just always stands out to me. And, and we've seen others like that. But uh, I think we need to keep telling those stories because those good things are happening all the time. Another one, just a quick one that's very different. It didn't go viral. 
but a school was actually really working on their storytelling. It was students creating content. They took a, um, some cool pictures in their welding lab. And so they were, they were sweet pictures. There were sparks flying and, you know, uh, kids wearing the proper equipment, all those kinds of things. But then, um, they posted it. And what happened was a local business saw that and actually saw that their, um, the technology that they were using for welding, the tools that they had were quite antiquated. And they were like, we're hiring students that graduate from your school, you know, even with maybe just a 12 month or 18 month degree, or some even moving right in to a training program, depending on that. And they're like, so we want you to have the right equipment for kids to learn on. So they donated up to $50,000 for them to redo their welding lab. And so, (laughs) right. So that that was a school that was proud and telling their authentic story. And because they were putting it out there for others to see, um, it really reaped a benefit for, for both sides, for the industry, as well as for um, the students, the teachers, um, all those things. So I love, I love that story. Yeah. And what I'm hearing through, through that messaging too, is I think when, as school leaders, we talk about social media and we're only thinking about outreach to our community or to our families and sometimes using social media as a bulletin board, which I like, it just like kind of <laughs> shakes my blood a little bit. Right. You're, right. you're talking about outreach to businesses and agencies and even people from other schools that are seeing our stories and getting connected and feeling the emotions behind our our community, our school community. Yeah, definitely. I think when we, you know, sometimes our goal is to focus where we're trying to recruit students or make sure we don't yeah. lose students or, or right, just it's a bulletin board of information rather than celebrating the great things that we're doing because we all have excellent staff. We all have excellent students doing very unique things. And so, um, again, I think just the more we just try to be authentic and not overproduce, the better, the more looks that, that we're going to get. Uh, one of my favorites from when I was a principal we were just trying to figure out content calendars, right? And so my, my first student team noticed that we weren't putting anything out on Wednesdays because we don't do a lot of activities um, in our area on Wednesday evenings. And so um, they started doing Who Knew Wednesday, which they started off a little mundane. Then they started finding these very unique stories. And there was a young man who had worn, he's a Kansas City uh, Royals fan. He had worn a Kansas City Royals t-shirt to school every day since fifth grade. And he was a high school sophomore at the time. We were able to verify all of this. They tagged the Kansas City Royals in the post. It ended up getting, you know, shared, blown up. And his family got um, six tickets because he has three siblings and his mom and dad. um, Six tickets to three games for the Royals. And then they did a whole big feature story on him. So, you know, there's a very wide audience in it. It can be the the bane of of this that we have to be careful and make sure we're using things through a proper lens but it's also wow what a great big wonderful world we have to share our different experiences our different values and and be able to maybe get a little insight into to how others live yeah oh my gosh I love that story so much and I'm thinking like we have the easiest tool in the world we have our phone that we carry Mm -hmm. with us everywhere. And honestly, I feel like every moment is an opportunity. I'm thinking about when I was a principal, I think the most engaged post I ever had 
was it was after school, first week of school. I was walking around campus and I just went live on Facebook mm-hmm. to just walk around campus and talk to families or whoever was listening. It was the most engaged post. People were just commenting and hearing about what's going on. There was nothing purposeful behind it. It wasn't planned, mm-hmm. but people really loved it. Yeah. And it's just, it's authentic, right? And it's showing yeah. you, like, so, I think people sometimes think administrators are the man, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> as much as I hate that, but you know, that, that they're the, that they're the enforcer, the, you know, the mean person, but the principal's yes. office, like I worked so hard for five years to think it was a good thing to get sent to the principal's office. Yes. Um, because I, because I want to celebrate you and we, you know, we do have to discipline, but I think them being able to see you probably in a very social light engaging in a, again, not overproduced or highly produced okay. video just a just a real authentic interaction with your community is uh, it's going to ring true to uh, to most most viewers in most communities. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about the idea of content generation because it seems to be a holdup for people. Of I don't know what to post. So we talked a little bit about powerful storytelling examples, but I'm also curious about maybe some ideas of of campaigns or series that schools are doing to help kind of give the repeat mm-hmm. of content. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because we're getting ready to host our content generation workshop uh, where we bring students in. Um, they can also come in virtually as well. But one of our big takeaways is how to do campaigns and and contests because Mm. it's something we're wanting to see students doing it more rather than just school public relation groups. So we see things from kind of as standard as um, blood drives, you know, so they're trying to get a lot of people and they're trying to engage their community. They want students um, who are uh, able to to engage in that. So we see those kind of campaigns being put together, but then also things like highlighting seniors. So uh, we have one school that started a senior vlog. So it was students interviewing students as well as doing kind of, um, I think they called it some kind of apple in, of my eye or something. They were playing off the apple idea with teachers, but um, you know, then highlighting fun facts about those those seniors, doing something just a little bit different and really highlighting not so much their sports activities and their school activities, but what are the things that they're doing personally, you know, like someone who plays 18 instruments or someone who's writing a book uh, or, or doing, doing different interesting things. Maybe they work a couple jobs to help support their family. So mm-hmm. I, I think those kind of campaigns have been really um, well received uh, as well. Yeah. I'm also interested in the idea around just multiple perspectives. So mm-hmm. just the person telling the story, capturing the image, is that really important too, that it gets out of the hands of just administrators? Well, th- think about your point of view versus yeah. your 500 or whatever, 2000 students in your in just your building, right? And so yeah. We have these huge districts. It's so hard. We can think we have a pulse on what's happening in the school, but but we don't, and we don't have the most interesting stories. I think we we can tell a lot of good ones, but we have to allow others to show their voice and what's their experience. And I I think as teachers and administrators, it's really not our story. It's the student's story. Mm-hmm. We're just facilitating that opportunity for them That's to so live true. that story. And so we have to we have to go to them and get their point of view. We've been talking a lot about point of view here, and I, I just think it's so 
it's so interesting because even we had homecoming last night um, at our school. Uh, it's always a fun thing, whether you're an alum or an adult in the community, whatever it might be. But it's so different for that 16-year-old who's going to their first dance or mm. playing in the marching band or um, in the student section or maybe they're on the sidelines of the football team, uh, cheerleader, whatever it might be. There's so many stories taking place and it's so rich and ripe for the telling. Yeah, that's so great. So I want to talk a little bit about the how of getting students involved, because I'm wondering, is that elementary through high school you can get kids involved? Like, give us an idea of what that Mm -hmm. looks like. How are schools going about that? Yeah, so one of the things I love about um, the work I get to do now with Class Intercom is that we're supplying a secure platform. And so without getting into that too much, you know, students are not supposed to be on social media until they're 13. But we all know good and well that they are consuming. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen five-year-olds yeah. just, just watching TikTok or YouTube videos, right? And so um, we see that happening. So we talk about training on digital citizenship and those kind of things, but giving them an authentic opportunity to create content. And when it's for someone other than themselves, it really helps them start to think about the idea of that, that brand and who their audience is and and what's appropriate, right? In the same way that we try to teach them, well, this is appropriate when you're with some adults, and this might be appropriate when you're with a group of students. So Mm -hmm. it's the same way now when you're online or in that digital environment. So yes, I think we're definitely trying to teach digital citizenship in the elementary realm. I love, I've gotten to train um, several elementary groups. I think that's uh, slower to adopt for good reason, because they're, you know, trying to protect them from things too. But I think the sooner we can engage them in something authentic that's safe and secure, the better they're going to be when they actually move into that realm individually and they're having to navigate the waters of this, this big bad world and knowing where to shut things off, what to avoid, how to disengage when needed, all those kind of things that uh, I think are, are definitely tools that we need to give our children because it is no longer just the walls of the school or the parameters of our small communities or even our large communities. It's, it's a, a vast world out there online. Yeah. And so the look of having students involved could, I think, take a couple different ways. It could be a class or a club. Mm-hmm. It could just be students who are interested. It, what, what's the mix look like out there? Yeah, it's definitely a mix. People ask me a lot about best practice. Um, I will tell you, we started, um, I started with all volunteers when I did it, ended up uh, about 50 students a year on my team with very specific individual um, roles that they played. So maybe they were just doing basketball score updates or they were just the cheerleading representative. Um, We did end up adding a multimedia class, which was nice. But I do hear a lot of schools saying, well, I don't have a class. I don't have a whatever to do this. I honestly, I love the class because then you can teach, right? You can teach, you have more time to teach better skills, but the volunteers are actually, I feel like much more reliable, much more engaged because they are there because they want to be there and then they're following through. I'm also working with a lot of journalism groups, um, journalism teachers, because they are creating content. They're creating a lot of really high quality, long form content that maybe lives on a website And so they're now having to learn that they need to digitally market people to drive them back to the website because people don't go to school websites going, I wonder what's new today. You know, they're seeing it on social. It's something that grabs their attention that that what's going to drive them back to that website 
to, to read the full, the full story um, mm-hmm. that a student has created. And so there's a wide range. I do think when people fail with student created content, they're coming back and saying, my students just, they aren't, they aren't as engaged as I thought they'd be. They're not creating content. It's because they're not giving them specific roles. They're just saying, hey, you guys, you get to create content. Tell your story. That's a really broad and deep mm-hmm. thing for, for students to really, really grasp. And so we have to really help guide them in their storytelling to give them ideas just to get started. And then once they, once they have a feel for it, then that's when we really see them shine. And I just hired one of my, uh, we hired, we have a lot of college interns, just hired our first couple high school interns this year for the summer um, because they'd been, they'd been doing it for their schools. So they just jumped right in. They have so many great ideas because they have that confidence now. Yeah, that's so great. I'm thinking back to when I when I started this work at my site. And I think from the inception, I had seen someone presented a conference about just involving students. And so I went live on Instagram that same day and said, what do you all think about social media interns? And the kids were loving the idea. So we did an application process and those kiddos joined our leadership kids um, in order mm-hmm. to make content. And then we divvied up the areas. One group would do athletics, one group would do student events, one group would do such and such. But then they yep. got to pick their their passion area and we talked yes. about the elements of social media. We had someone from Class Intercom like pipe in live to train the kids. It was mm-hmm. really amazing and they really took to it. So that was that was great. So yeah. I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about Class Intercom because I love this tool so much. And I just want you to be able to share a little bit about how this kind of wraps everything together. So what is Class Intercom? Mm-hmm. Well, and I just have to say, I love it too, because I was searching for a solution and I went to my Twitter friends and that's how I found it. Yes. Uh, we were we were both early adopters and it really saved my life because I was charged with doing the social media for our district. Um, but I was also an AP, so I have lived it and used it. So that's kind of how I ended up here. But class intercom is a social media uh, management tool that allows you to have any number of content creators. So that's students, staff, you can even have parents, but there's a moderation system. So before something goes out, somebody has to say it's okay. Now the really cool thing is you can edit within that. So if a student posts something and maybe there's a misspelling, I can edit that before I push it out uh, so that it's correct. But I can also give feedback within the platform. So that's with adults or students. So uh, we can uh, we can give that kind of feedback. So there's learning taking place, scheduling, pushing those things out. And that's what really makes it magical because you can be be anywhere to get that. So I have to confess, I am uh, on my way to a marching band competition. So I stopped at a coffee shop this morning. But my aha moment five years ago, I was actually at a marching band competition as a supervisor and uh, we had just started using class intercom. So I was on my phone and all of a sudden I, st- I started, I got a softball score update with a photo, a volleyball tournament score update, a quiz bowl event update. And then there was one more, maybe cross country. And then I was doing bands. So we had five events all going at the same time. And now we were doing real time updates. Mm. Like otherwise volleyball wouldn't have been had a post till I got home later that night, probably contacted one of my friends on Facebook, like a mom who had posted a picture and said, can I use your picture? And 
do you happen to know how many games we won and lost? And I didn't have a photo, you know, all those things. And so that was my aha moment of, wow, I'm not giving up control, but yet it's more authentic. It's better. And man, these kids are getting opportunities to tell it from their vantage point because like the quiz, the quiz bowl photos, they, they were fabulous. Right. Otherwise I'd usually just have a team photo. So instead we were getting like pictures on the buzzer, you know, with students at the buzzers and uh, just, just really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it too. I was thinking about just also empowering your teachers. So at my site, in in addition to kids, the leadership teacher had an account, the counselors had an account, all the teachers had an account. So instead of everyone texting me images and me (laughs) being overwhelmed with posting, it could go straight into class intercom. When I say I love this tool, I love this tool so much. And I do too. I love, it's why um, I still, I still consider myself an educator. I get to teach all the time. We're working on additional tools to help train on digital citizenship. And um, I'm actually working on, uh, since this is a principal's podcast, but uh, working on a restorative practice piece for students that Mm. get in trouble for online infractions instead of just a punishment like sitting in a detention hall or even maybe an out-of-school suspension, working through some, uh, some levels of training independently and then giving them the opportunity to create content on Class Intercom because we don't just have to pick our good kids or the valedictorian or our trustworthy kids. We can let all kids create content. And sometimes our edgier kids, our kids that are living um, different story than maybe what, what we mm-hmm. even know, that's when you really start to get these um, really unique vantage points and that interesting point of view. So they all have stories to tell. We just have to give them the outlet and show them that it can be positive, right? That they can tell positive stories and get positive reactions rather than just doing something to get a negative, negative attention or any attention at all. Yeah. Oh, so good, Dr. Jill. Okay. We're going to wrap up with our fast five. So this is just some fun questions to get to know about you more. First word or sentence that comes to mind. Favorite leadership book? Hmm. Deceptive leadership. Favorite app? Class intercom. (laughs) Do I I have to say it? I have to say it. Best Amazon find for work? Ooh. um, Gosh, we just bought these little dots that are, they're colored and they light up. And so we're using them like, so students can do red, yellow, green, you know, if they need help or not need help. And we're using them for our workshop. And they're cheap. I got I got 18 of them for like 20 bucks and they have remote, they have remote control too. So. Okay. Okay. Favorite song to put you in a good mood. Summer of 69, Brian Adams. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to take you back a little bit. One tip you would tell your first year assistant principal self. (laughs) Um, You don't have to fix everything. Um, I know I'm supposed to only do one sentence, but I try, I was such a fixer. And I really learned sometimes we just need to listen and let people uh, work through those issues and be a support for them. We don't always have to come in and save the day. So just being there is a really, really big part of the job. That's fantastic. All right. Where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, you bet. So you can always contact me directly, Jill, at classintercom.com. I love to hear from people. Um, I'm also at Dr. Jill Johnson on uh, all the social media platforms. So 
Um, I haven't made a ton of TikTok videos yet, but I'm there too. <laughs> oh, we got to get on that, Joe. We I really know. <laughs> I know. It's my goal. It's my goal. It's also to embarrass my my children who are 16 through 21. So uh, they love it when I when I do those crazy things. <laughs> Jill, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. You bet. Always great to see you and uh, love you and everything that you stand for. Such a fun time chatting with my friend, Dr. Jill Johnson. In addition to being a great supporter of my leadership and this podcast, she's innovative and super smart. I'm grateful you all got to meet her as well. This episode had a ton of great nuggets, so make sure you share this episode and then go visit the Class Intercom website to learn more about this amazing resource. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast. Mm -hmm.